Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength and seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he's pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all of the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for thousands of generations. Well, God, we praise you. Thank you that you remember your covenant, your promise with us, God, uh, that you chose us. You loved us. You loved us first. You loved us best. You chose us uh, for relationship and, and for covenant, God, and that you remember the promises you make to us. You keep those promises. And as the beginning of the psalm said, you will be glorified among the nations. Uh, and that, that's our heart tonight, God, uh, to see you glorified, to see you lifted high. You alone who are worthy of all of our worship, our praise, our very lives. God, be glorified. Be glorified in our time here tonight. Uh, I mean, as, as we laugh together, as, as we have conversations together, as we study your word uh, together, and, and as we pray and go from here, God, would you be glorified in our hearts, God? I pray, Lord, that, that, that every student uh, would come to know you in a deeper way, would experience your presence, your nearness, and your great love for each and every one of them, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. You guys can have a seat. And we're going to jump... Uh, jump into what we're studying tonight. So this is the second part. Uh, if you missed last week, that's okay, right? It's, it's the second part, but you're going to be fine. Last week we talked about community uh, in the first part of what we're calling our kickoff series uh, to help you guys understand what the culture of Chi Alpha is all about. And so last week we were talking about the importance of community and how it's important for us to have uh, a community, man, particularly as university students, a community to plug into, and that community is not just proximity, right? It's not just whoever's nearby you, because you can be in a crowd full of people and still feel desperately lonely because there's not depth of relationship, that community is something deeper than that, that, that there needs to be meaningful connection uh, and relationship. And we talked a little bit about the kind of community uh, we wanted to be, the kind of community that Jesus intended his followers to create when we looked at the story of Levi, right, the tax collector that Jesus called, and then Levi threw a big party at his house, uh, invited all of his friends over, uh, and the religious people of the day were critical and saying, man, how could you eat and drink and hang out with these people, these tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus said, uh, you know, it's the sick that need, that need the doctor, not, not the well. I've come for the sinners, not the righteous. And thought, we talked about being a community uh, that anyone and everyone would feel welcomed in. Anyone and everyone would feel like, man, I belong here and I'm loved. We talked about the importance of people feeling like they are befriended and that they belong uh, before they behave and believe. We talked about the four Bs there. If you missed it, man, I bet your buddy would let you copy their notes, right? And they could tell you all about it. And it's probably on the Cal from Memphis podcast as well. We record those messages. Uh, but man, we want to be that kind of community, right? Where when someone shows up, I mean, they, they sense the love of God. They know that they uh, belong. And it doesn't matter, um, and what their behavior looks like. doesn't matter what their past is. doesn't matter and that their beliefs don't necessarily line up with this standard or that standard. That, that Jesus says, hey, I want to be the kind of community. I want to create the kind of community where people are loved and accepted no matter what. And then over time, we know the Holy Spirit will work on people's hearts. And behaviors do change over time. And, and our beliefs change and come in line with Scripture over time. But, but we've got to be a community where, where people feel like they can come to uh, and they aren't judged and they aren't feeling like we're holding them at arm's length until they're able to jump through these hoops, right? So we talked about community last week. Um, 
And we're going to expand on that idea uh, tonight to talk about another really important part of the culture of Chi Alpha, and that's what is the mission of Chi Alpha, right? Every organization needs a reason for being, a reason uh, to exist. Um, you know, why, why does Chi Alpha exist? Why does the ministry of Chi Alpha exist? That's what we're talking about tonight, uh, the, 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 different, the different ways that, that Chi Alpha thinks about mission on the campus and around the world and what that means to us. So every community needs a reason for being. Why does Chi Alpha exist? Every major company, business, organization in the world has a mission statement, right? And Chi Alpha is, is no different. Uh, Chi Alpha here at the University of Memphis is 10 years old, if you can believe it. This is our this is the 10th anniversary uh, of Chi Alpha. You will, it, during homecoming, yeah, praise God. At homecoming, we'll do alumni night. We'll bring back alumni from the last 10 years. It's going to be a big party. Um, but 10 years, if you can believe it, of Chi Alpha here at the University of Memphis. But Chi Alpha is not just here in Memphis. It's on um, in camp campuses across the country on about 300 different campuses. Uh, it's a, a nationwide, even worldwide movement of university students passionately um, and seeking after Jesus and, and pursuing his kingdom in the world. And so Kalpha does have a mission statement, and it is uh, this, that we reconcile students to Christ, equipping them through spirit-filled communities of prayer, worship, fellowship, discipleship, and mission to transform the university, the marketplace, and the world. Why, do, why does Calpha exist? Well, that, that is for that reason, right? We want to see people reconciled to Christ, reconciled to God. What's reconcile mean? When do, you, when do we use the word reconcile? If we say, man, Jill and Jan need to be reconciled, right? Say, Leland and Kendrick need to be reconciled. Man, they had it out. Right? Kendrick was rooting for this car to win. Leland was rooting for this car to win. His car didn't win. I mean, they had, they had beef, and now they got to be reconciled, right? There's damage. They, I don't know. I just picked some. I picked NASCAR. I can't. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> There's damage in the relationship, and reconciliation needs to happen. And we understand that. Every single human being, there's damage in their relationship with their creator, with God. And they need to be reconciled to God. So part of the mission of Calvary is, man, we want to see people reconciled to God, reconciled to Christ, making peace with God so they can experience the fullness of all that God has for them, right? They can experience forgiveness of sins and eternal life uh, and fullness of purpose and all those kind of things once they're reconciled to God. And we know that that happens in communities where prayer is happening, Right? Because God hears our prayers. God answers our prayers. Uh, we don't have a God that's a distant being far off in the cosmos that's aloof to us, that just created the world, sent it spinning, created humans, say, hey, good luck, peace out. No, we have a God that is intimate and relational, that we can pray to, that hears our prayers. Um, and so we're a community that prays. We're a community that worships. We want to worship together. When we come together, we want to glorify Jesus, um, and we want to talk about the good things that he's done. We want to worship and praise him together. We're a community of fellowship. Again, like we talked about last week, actually being involved in each other's lives, right? Not just being in close proximity, but having depth of relationship where I care what's going on in your life, right? And you care what's going on in my life, and I'm keeping up with you, and you're keeping up with me, and I'm praying for you, and I'm encouraging you, and you're encouraging me. Uh, we want to be a community that fellowships together and has real relationships um, with one another. We want to be a community of discipleship, and I'm going to unpack that idea of discipleship later on in the message, but, but essentially we're, we're learning to follow Jesus, we're learning to obey him and growing in spiritual maturity, right? Not just staying kind of like at that baby infant level, but we're, we're growing to be the person God wants us to be. And finally, a community of mission, and we want to be about, man, what is Jesus's mission in this earth? 
Right? Why does God have me here? I believe each and every one of you have a specific purpose and a reason God puts you on the planet Earth, specific things he wants you to do and fulfill. And I'd love to man, partner with you on the journey to discovering what that is. But he also has a general purpose for every single human being. Uh, and we want to partner with his mission in that. First of all, it's that we would know him, have relationship with him, and then make him known uh, in the earth. So Kaufman, we want to be about that mission, making him known first on the campus, right, transforming the university, uh, and then man, taking what you learn here, uh, and as you go into the marketplace, man, transforming the marketplace, right, taking, taking skills, taking evangelism skills, discipleship skills, taking that passion for Jesus, and then when you step into that dream career that you talked about in breakout groups, right, God puts you in that, that office place, God puts you in that, that school as an educator, God puts you, man, at that, that law firm, and you can be a bright light for Jesus in that space and transform the marketplace. And then finally, transform the world. I mean, I honestly believe in this room there's future world changers, right? There's people that can absolutely turn the world upside down. I believe that with all my heart. Uh, and and we, I want to be about man, making sure I invest in you, equip you, that you've got everything you need to fulfill that God's purpose in your life and transform the world. Some of you guys may spend the rest of your life living in the United States. But some of you, God may call to another country, right? another continent, to glorify Jesus among a people that do not know him and do not love him, right? So uh, we're, we're about that, man. That's the mission statement of Kyle. So these are the things uh, that we're about, and we're going to unpack that over the next few minutes. Um, so we're a community that's committed to a very specific mission, reconciling students to Christ by making disciples. We want to reconcile students to Christ, repair that damaged relationship that people that separated people from God, um, and, and we want to see, see students come to Christ. Our name, Chi Alpha, if you were wondering, our name, Chi Alpha, uh, comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So uh, the, the book of Corinthians, the, the letter there in your New Testament, is a letter uh, that the Apostle Paul, he's a, a missionary church planner, he's writing a letter to a church that he planted there in the city of Corinth, which is in ancient Greece, right? He traveled there. He'd shared the good news about Jesus there. People started following Jesus, and then he would correspond with these churches he planted, and he'd write these letters. Well, this letter here, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, he's writing to this church he's planted, and he's talking about, man, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a follower of Christ. Uh, there's a lot about, man, what our identity is uh, as Christians, as new creations, right? The old is gone, praise the Lord. Uh, we're brand new people in Christ. Man, it doesn't matter what you've done or, or what, what's in your past that when you come to Jesus, you're a brand new creation. So Jesus is, or Paul's sharing all that uh, there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it culminates in this idea. He says, well, because you're a new creation uh, and, and because you are following Jesus and Jesus's job was to reconcile people to God, well, now that's your job as well. And so he says, we are therefore now Christ's ambassadors. Christ's ambassadors, ambassadors for Jesus. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. So he says for, for Christians, for all those people that would say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. He says, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you're also an ambassador for Jesus. You're representing him in that way. So when you think about Kyle the name Chi Alpha, just think Christ's ambassadors, right? Whoever started Chi Alpha in the 1950s, uh, the, the youth program at the time was called Christ's Ambassadors, and they say, hey, how can we make that sound cool and collegiate? Well, what if we take those Greek letters 
coincidentally, the, Paul's letter to the Corinthians would have been written in Greek, but you know, but how, can we get, how can we get that idea of Christ's ambassadors and make it sound? And that's where Kalpha comes from. So when you see Kalpha, obviously not a fraternity, not a sorority, not, not in the Greek system, uh, I mean, a co-ed Christian ministry, but it just means Christ's ambassadors. Kalpha, as Kalpha, we are Christ's ambassadors here to the U of M, right? Christ's ambassadors wherever God places us. So, man, I want us to think about what does it mean to be an ambassador? Anybody want to do that work in the future? I know we talked about dream jobs, careers. Uh, anybody studying like international business or international politics or Ndidi? Is, you're studying abroad over winter break, right? Where are you going? <laughs> South Korea. This is, this, is, this is off topic. We had some friends from South Korea and Seoul there is the capital of South Korea. And so you guys know that our president lives in a white house and in, in, in South Korea, their president lives in a blue house, very similar. They call it the blue house, like we call it the white house. Anyway, that's just extra for you. There's no charge for that. You can do with that what you will. Yeah, so, so Ndidi, someday maybe Ambassador Ndidi, right, representing us to, in whatever country. What, the United States has ambassadors all over the world, right? In almost every country of the world, the United States has ambassadors, these diplomats. And why are they there? They're there to represent the interests of the United States here to this foreign kingdom, this foreign country. They're there to represent, hey, these are the things that are important to the U.S. You know, can we make some arrangements? Can we make some agreements? How can we better understand each other? How can we communicate? And so uh, we need ambassadors, right, to represent us in these, in these foreign contexts. So when Paul is saying that you are ambassadors for Jesus, man, that's really important. And so I want you to think about it this way. The moment that you put your trust in Jesus, if you have put your trust in Jesus, the moment you trusted Jesus as your Savior, saying, hey, I don't want to trust in my own ability to do right anymore. Honestly, I'm screwing that up. Uh, I want to trust completely in Jesus and what he did on the cross to save me and make me right with God. The moment you did that, if you've done that, everything changed for you, right? Uh, you, first of all, man, your sins are forgiven. Everything you've ever done wrong because of what Jesus did on the cross the punishment for those sins has already been absorbed in Christ, so God extends you grace and mercy and forgiveness, and you're washed clean. You're brand new. You're brand new. Another amazing thing happens. You are adopted into the family of God. You are a son or a daughter of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and you will be forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Other cool thing is that your time here on this earth is a temporary one, right? When this life on earth is over, you're going to spend an eternity in heaven forever with God. Um, forever and ever and ever. And the time you spend in heaven compared to the time you spend on earth, the time you spend on earth is going to be like nothing, like a vapor, like on a cold day in February when you breathe and you see your breath for a half a second, then it disappears. Your whole life on earth is going to be that compared to an eternity in heaven. And really, your more permanent citizenship when you're a Christian is in heaven. It's not on earth. Like you may be a citizen of the United States. You may have citizenship in another country. Your primary citizenship, though, is in heaven. And in this brief season that God has you here on this earth, you're here as an ambassador representing a foreign kingdom and a foreign king among a people that do not know him, do not serve him, do not love him. And so when Paul says you are Christ's ambassadors, now that you're this new creation, you're also Christ's ambassadors, man, we need to think of ourselves that way. Wherever God has us, whatever situation we step into, say, hey, I'm here in this classroom, but I'm also here as an ambassador for Jesus. I'm representing the kingdom of heaven and God's interests in this situation. There may be people here 
that I need to communicate with about that, that I need to tell about that, that I need to share Jesus with. There may be people that are far from God that he wants to use me in this situation. That's what it means to be an ambassador. You're the one that's going to speak up for the kingdom of God in that situation because that's your job. Paul's writing this not just to pastors, not just to missionaries or, or preachers. This is to all believers. It's all Christians. We are Christ's ambassadors. So that's where Kyle gets its name from. And I want us to really embrace that idea um, in the school year. Of, we're Christ's ambassadors on this campus. You know, we're, we're Kyle students. We're Christ's ambassadors uh, here at the University of Memphis. So we're talking about what does it mean to be an ambassador. We touched a little bit. What does it mean to be reconciled to God? And why, and why do people, he says, we're going to plead with people since we're ambassadors. Plead with people. Be reconciled to God um, because, because it matters, right? Uh, man, God, God created human beings. Every single human being is created by God with purpose and intention. Every single human being is created in God's image, the Bible tells us. Because they're made in God's image, every person you meet made in God's image, they have infinite value and worth, man, they matter. They matter to God. That's someone God loves, someone Christ died for. So the people God's placed in your life, man, it, it should burn within us. We want to see them reconciled to God. We want to see them have relationship with God. So God creates human beings. He loves human beings. And because of sin, every single person's relationship with God is damaged by that. We're separated from God uh, by this thing called sin. And by sin, I, I mean the, the times that we're prideful, the times that we're selfish, the times that we do things to hurt ourselves, hurt other people, or offend God. And it's what the Bible calls sin. And this stuff causes separation from us and this perfect God that loves us. But the good news of the Bible is that God loved you too much to leave you separated from him, right? That was the purpose of sending his son Jesus, right? So that Jesus could do for me, do for you what we could never do for ourselves, right? Uh, to live that perfect life uh, that I could never live, right? And then he dies a death on the cross that I deserve to die, right? He takes our place on the cross uh, so that God can send us grace and mercy and forgiveness and adopt us into the kingdom of God. Um, that good news of what God has done for us through Jesus, we call that the gospel. Gospel just means good news. So you, t- you hear someone talking about, man, I'll go share the gospel. You, you talk about, you know, you know so- someone needs to share the gospel. The gospel just means good news. Good news of what? All that God has done through Jesus. Right? And so, so if you've got someone in your life that has not heard the good news of what God's done for them through Jesus, man, man, share that with them. Share that with them. Share, hey, do you know God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus for you? Man, share your own testimony, man. Here, here, here's what God's done uh, in my life. Man, my life was here. It was a complete mess. And then Jesus, and then here's where he's got me now, right? And I'm not perfect, right? But because, for, you know, by the grace of God, I mean, this is what he's done in my life. And, and the good news of what he's done for you will be powerful in the lives of your friends and the lives of your classmates uh, and the people around you. So God's heart from the very beginning was that every purpose, uh, every person would find purpose and relationship in him, right? That's the, the, the purpose uh, of God. That, that, that's his heart is that every single human being would come into relationship with him. If, if you've not been told or it's been a long time since you've heard it, God loves you. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to know you. You are precious to him. Uh, and it doesn't matter what you've done. Man, he's there with open arms saying, man, man, I, I want to be close to you. I want to have intimacy with you. Uh, and, and, and he wants to experience that with you. And through Jesus, man, it's possible for us to be forgiven, to be made right with him. Uh, and that's what I want us to fully experience. Uh, so that, that's the message of God. That's the message of the Bible, the message of the gospel. But what was God's method for making sure as many humans as possible were aware of that? 
right? How, how did God intend to make sure everyone has a chance to hear that good news, to hear the gospel? So his plan is brilliantly simple. Uh, man, man, Jesus delivers his plan while he's here on earth. We call it the Great Commission. Uh, and we're going to look at Matthew 28. Um, these are the last words of Jesus before ascending to heaven, right? And so as you read um, in the story of Jesus in the New Testament, you've got the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, and, and you read the story of Jesus, how he was born, how he lived, he performed miracles, then he preached about the kingdom of God. Uh, he taught in, in, in parables that unpacked deep truths about the kingdom of God that we're going to study in our life groups this semester uh, as we study the parables of Jesus together. Uh, he worked miracles. Man, he healed blind people and healed leprous people and healed paralyzed people and he raised the dead. Uh, and there was a lot of uh, people that didn't like him, right? Because they, they, they saw him as a threat. They saw him as blasphemy for claiming to be one with God. And they had Jesus arrested and eventually publicly executed. Um, but the good news of the gospel is that Jesus didn't stay dead, right? Because he wasn't just another charismatic, influential teacher, but he was the son of God. So three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. And then he appears, the Bible tells us, to hundreds of eyewitnesses, proving he was who he says he was, right? The living son of God. And Jesus spent about 40 days uh, with his followers while he's appearing again to these hundreds of eyewitnesses. Uh, and he's instructing them, giving them some final words of instruction before ascending to heaven with a promise that one day I'm coming back for you. But he gives them some instructions before ascending to heaven. And we see it in all of the Gospels, but, but I think it's particularly helpful here how Matthew renders it. This is the same Matthew, Levi, who was the tax collector from last week that got called to follow Jesus. Uh, he writes uh, the, the, the book of Matthew here. And he records, again, the last words of Jesus before ascending to heaven. Jesus says this, Matthew 28. We're going to start in verse 19. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus said, I've revealed myself to you, but it's not just for you. It's for this whole world. It's for this whole world. And so I want you to take this message and go and make disciples of the whole world. You know, tell, tell everyone this good news. Teach everyone to obey everything I've commanded you. God's plan for reaching the world was for his followers to faithfully make disciples. Again, this is not a command just for pastors and missionaries, right? This is for all believers, all Christians, all of Christ's ambassadors, uh, everyone who's a follower of Jesus. The command is mandatory, and it's urgent, and it comes straight from the heart of the Father. It's in making disciples that, that your life has a purpose greater than yourselves, right? I mean, you, you want to leave a lasting legacy. You want your life to matter uh, decades, if not centuries, after, after you're gone. I hope you are tremendously successful at whatever career um, and you end up pursuing. Uh, but the biggest impact you can make is one for uh, the kingdom of God because that's going to have an eternal impact, right? And if you're able to lead people to Christ, lead people into a restored relationship with God, disciple them, teach them to follow God, and then they turn around and, and share Christ with their friends uh, and transform families and neighborhoods and communities, man, that's how to leave a real lasting uh, impact, a lasting eternal legacy. And this is Jesus's heart is that all of his followers would go and make disciples. You may have heard this verse before. You may have grown up in church and said, man, I've heard this 10 million times. 
Um, but, but the reason, man, it keeps coming up uh, is because a lot of us aren't actively engaged in making disciples. We know, okay, go and make disciples of all nations, but we're not actively involved in being discipled and not actively involved in making disciples. Uh, and so my challenge for you, man, here at the top of a new school year, man, we still have a lot of weeks left uh, of this fall and then a whole spring. Man, I want you to set aside the school year and say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to make straight A's. I'm going to do well in all my classes because that honors God. Um, and, and, but, but also, God, I want you to use me where you've placed me to make disciples. Right? You've placed me in this biology class, and I got this lab partner I don't know about. But, but would you use me to lead him to Christ and make a disciple? God, you put me in this apartment with these roommates, and I don't know, man, uh, but could I be a light here? Could I share the gospel with these people? Could, could I lead them to Jesus and make disciples in my, in my apartment, in my dorm room, wherever you've placed me? My challenge is you to make uh, disciples. More than just converts, more than someone just praying a prayer uh, one time, but this is about actively investing yourself in someone else, investing yourself in someone else, teaching them to follow Jesus, helping them to grow in the Lord. Where do we do that? Where do we do that? Just wherever God's placed us in this season, right? When Jesus says go, uh, he says, um, you know, to, uh, to, to, to go and make disciples of the nations, right? So that is a greater implication than just the university, right? But to reach the whole world. Um, and so we want to do that. And also wherever God placed us, wherever we're at in this season, in this moment, we want to be about making disciples. And so bringing it back to Kyle, so bringing it back to your time here on the campus, um, you know, we've got opportunities for you to be engaged uh, in discipleship, uh, both making disciples and being disciples that I would love for you to take advantage of. Um, there's going to be opportunities to do this uh, on the campus, opportunities to do this around the country and even around the world. Uh, and, and Amelia, I'm cueing you to come up to, uh, to share a little bit. If you guys don't know Amelia, Amelia is our student president this semester. Um, yeah, so with, with CALFA, man, we, we provide opportunities to travel to other parts of the country, other parts of the world to proclaim the good news of Jesus, to share the love of God uh, with people. Uh, and and man, man, I hope that you come to a place of just a willingness to be used by God in that way, to say, yeah, I'd, I'd like to take a trip, I'd like to travel, I'd like to not just see an exotic place, but be used by the Lord, be used for the kingdom there, uh, and share the gospel there, and share, share the love of Jesus. Uh, there's opportunities to minister on our campus, of course, around our city, uh, but, but, but also um, in traveling, uh, that, that kind of missions work is a key part of Kyle's DNA. And so you're going to hear a lot, a lot about it because it's so close to the heart of God. And so we take uh, mission trips that we call project trips each year to a variety of places, usually one for spring break and, and, and then one over the summer. Um, spring break, usually a local trip, like to a, to a Nashville, to an Atlanta, you know, somewhere, somewhere here in the States. And we'll take a chunk of our spring break and go and serve and love people there. Um, we may serve a local church or we may just go, go share the gospel in an area um, or, or, or do, do some kind of relief work. And then usually we'll do an international trip uh, over the summer break, right? We'll, we'll take a team, we'll go overseas. Um, and so you get your passport and you raise your money and then we go, we go, go somewhere overseas, go to the Dominican Republic. Uh, you know, last, last summer we went to Egypt uh, and, and we just allow God to use us in these other contexts. And so I wanted Amelia, who's been on both spring break and summer project trips, to share a little bit about that and uh, just, just what she's learned from whatever you want to share. I trust you. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yes. Yeah, so hi, I'm Amelia. If I haven't met you yet, I'd love to meet you. So stop me, say hi, talk to me about you. Um, just raise a hand, who here has been out of the country before? Who here has been to a country that is majority Muslim? A couple of you, awesome. 
Before June, I couldn't have raised my hand to either question. Um, obviously, if I can't get the first, I can't get the second. But I hadn't been out of the country. I hadn't been to a country that was Muslim, and I really didn't know what to expect. I had been a Christian most of my life growing up. I grew up in a Christian household, but I never really went on mission trips that were outside of like local missions. So it was a great opportunity this past summer that I had to go on it, and it was very eye-opening. Um, some things were done. Um, just Muslims had a very skewed knowledge of what Christ, who Christ is and what Christianity is. And that was something that I didn't have any knowledge in before. I had really had no background in Muslim culture or what they believed or what they thought about different things. So going was a really like eye-opening experience to see what do they think about Christians? What do they think we believe? And what they think we believe and what we actually believe are two very different things. We had several Muslim people while we were there telling us that they thought Christianity and Muslims were like, like brothers. They're like two faiths that are very similar, where in reality, Muslim is a very works-based religion where you have to earn things, you have to do good things to get to heaven. Whereas as Christians, we know that Christ died and he paid that price for us, so we're just, we have that gift and we don't have to do anything to earn it and we can't do anything to earn it. So that was a really big eye-opening thing, I think, first off, that I saw um, and kind of experienced in our time there. Um, another thing, just kind of about Egypt, was while Christianity wasn't illegal, it was extremely hard to become a Christian. Um, in Egypt, there's Coptic Christians, which are Christians who are like descendants of Christians who lived in that area from ages and ages back to old, or back to New Testament times. And then there's the Muslims. And when you're born, on your ID is either Muslim or Christian, depending on which family you were born into. To change that is a very long, hard, and basically impossible process. So evangelism there is not a priority. Um, aside from it just being a culture of works-based religion, it's, I don't know how to phrase this well. Um, I guess another big thing I just saw was that I think a lot of times here we see poor people, we see homeless people, and we have a lot of organizations and ministries that's goal is to help them essentially out of that cycle of poverty or out of that cycle of homelessness for a better life. Oftentimes those organizations are based on Christian organizations and things like that. In the Muslim culture, because things are so works-based, they want to keep the poor there. They give alms to the poor. They give food to the poor. But their goal is never to help the poor out of being on the streets and out of begging, because it gives them points for heaven if they can help those people. So I think that was something that was really strange and I had to understand. But it was definitely a great experience there. So it gave me a perception of missions that didn't have to be directly, oh, I'm a missionary and my one goal in this country is to tell people about Christ. We got to see a lot of missionaries there who ran businesses and got involved in the culture and just lived there in part of the culture and were able to share Christ through their jobs, through their businesses, through a language school. I tried to find a sheet of paper with some words on it. The only thing I could remember was shukran, which is thank you. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just really encouraging to see people and hear the stories of people who really understood what it meant to forsake their lives, forsake being well-known, being felt well of, to follow Christ and to share that with others. Um, yeah, it was a great time. Love it. Love to talk more about it if you want to hear more. Um, yeah. yeah. And when we were, we were in Egypt uh, in June, yeah, we did, we, there were some, some Arabic classes there, uh, and, and I don't remember very much of it either. But, but, they, but many of them don't speak English, and of course I don't speak Arabic, so we did, we did want to at least learn some phrases to be able to, uh, be able to communicate and um, 
Yeah, well, quais means good. Mis quais is not good. And uh, I can't remember. I'm sure that, that was helpful. And then, yeah, shukranas, thank you. And we learned just a few, few phrases just to be friendly. And, and, it, and it shows, like, hey, you're, you're trying to communicate. And, and, and again, some of them, particularly the young people, do know English enough to communicate. I mean, we had some of, some of our, our folks uh, found some teenagers in a coffee, a coffee shop. It was a donut shop. It was Krispy Kreme, basically. <laughs> And uh, in a mall, and, and, and so they, they talked to them for hours because uh, their English was good enough. So um, but they, there's opportunities. But yeah, so we uh, um, probably, probably next week are going to share what our summer project is going to be for 2024. And I would love each and every one of you guys to pray about, consider, I mean, I would like to take a project trip, man, a spring break or a summer project trip uh, with Kyle for to travel somewhere and just be used to, to serve, maybe serve a community uh, that, that, that really needs it, to ser- serve a local church that's reaching out to its community and, and, and just needs laborers to come alongside it. And um, and I think God will really reward you to give up your, your spring break or a portion of your spring break uh, to serve the kingdom or to look ahead to the summer and say, man, I'd like to take an international trip, one of these project trips, uh, and go share Christ in, in a part of the world where people don't know him. Uh, and so probably next week, I'm going to announce where our 2024 destination is. Some of you guys already know because I talk a lot. Um, but I'm going to announce that in, in more depth and it's, it's also fundraising deadlines and application deadlines and all that stuff. That's going to be coming up soon. But, man, part, part of our culture are these project trips, and I want you guys to uh, consider that and be open to it. Yeah, God, I'd like you to use me in that way. Um, but uh, so, yeah, we, we, we've definitely seen the Lord use and students uh, in a powerful way in these contexts. And also God does a ton in you. Um, and as, as you travel, as you're obedient to the Lord and as you serve that way, man, God, God teaches you things and grows you and stretches you in really cool ways. Um, yeah, so... so uh, yes, we can travel and proclaim Jesus and make disciples, but I don't want you to think about the mission of God only in terms of something you have to go somewhere else to do, right? God wants you to accomplish his mission right where you're at and in your, in your dorm, in your classroom, making disciples with the people that he's put around you. Um, I, I've been a Christian for a long time, and some of you guys maybe grew up in church, been Christians a long time as well. And one of the reasons we don't actively make disciples, even though we kind of know we're supposed to, uh, is that we don't quite know where to start. Is that fair? Like, like say, okay, I know I'm supposed to share Jesus with my friends, supposed to share Jesus with my classmates. I've heard I'm supposed to share my faith. I have no idea where to start with that. So many of us don't. Part of it's maybe just fear. I mean, I'm really, I don't know what to say. I'm, what, what if they get mad at me, right? So, so the fear keeps us quiet. And then also just a lack of knowledge. I don't, I don't really know where to start. Um, remember we talked about Levi last week, man. He just invited everybody he knows. Hey, you got to meet this guy. You got to meet Jesus. And through this big party, Man, you don't have to wait till you know enough to share your faith, man. Just share what Jesus has done for you. Um, but, but, man, also in Kyle, we want to equip you uh, to, to, to have that knowledge, to have that understanding, to have tools you can use to help you share your faith uh, on campus. And I truly believe that when it comes to discipleship, every single believer, every single Christian needs to uh, make disciples, but also to be discipled themselves. A lot of people haven't ever discipled someone else because, honestly, no one's discipled them. Maybe you grew up in church, or maybe your parents were Christians, but no one's intentionally invested in you, poured into you, really taught you how to follow Jesus and, and, and the deep things of God and walked you through Scripture. And, and you've never been discipled yourself, so how are you supposed to disciple someone else, right? And so, man, Kalpa, uh, maybe that place where you take that next step in spiritual maturity to, to man, get involved in a life group and have a, um, and someone on staff or one of these, these older upperclassmen student leaders really invest in you. Uh, and, and, and y'all grow together and encourage one another and grow in the faith. Um, what does it really mean to be a disciple? 
Um, we need a clear grasp on what it even means to be a disciple, right, before we can go and make disciples. So here's my quick definition on uh, what it means to be a disciple. A disciple is a follower of Jesus who is learning to obey the teachings of Jesus and teach others also, right? So someone that's a follower of Jesus who's learning to obey the teachings of Jesus so they can teach others also. That's what it means to be a disciple. Some of you guys may say, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus, or I've been a Christian for as long as I can remember, but are you actively, man, learning the teachings of Jesus, actually learning to obey Jesus more in your life, and then learning how to teach others also? Because all of that is tied up in that concept of being a disciple of Jesus. So again, man, some of you guys may have never been intentionally uh, invested in, and you don't have someone in your life that's pouring into you, investing in you, but we all need that. Man, I need that. Man, I, I, need, I need guys in my life that are pouring into me, investing in me, guys that are a little bit older, a little bit farther down the road that can teach me things and help me navigate situations and, and help me to grow in the Lord. Uh, and there's never a point in your spiritual journey where you're like, well, I got it all figured out now. I'm good. Uh, I mean, you'll be dead at that point, right? You'll be in heaven. You'll be, you'll be with Jesus. But while we're on this earth, there's always room to grow, always room to learn, and always people God places in our life, man, mentors and peers that are going to help us grow uh, in discipleship. So I want you to think about, man, who is investing in me? And if I don't have anyone investing in me in that way, how can I position myself in a, a place where people can pour into me, uh, invest into me? Uh, so what does that look like in Kyle? I mean, part of it is, man, us coming together on Wednesday nights and discussing the Word of God. And part of it is in the life groups where we can have, it's like breakout groups meets Bible study where we can discuss life together, but also dig deep in the Word and talk about how it applies to our life. And a lot of discipleship will occur in that context. A lot of discipleship in Calvary happens one-on-one too, across the table from somebody over lunch, over coffee. I mean, as we talk about the, the things of life, uh, a peer mentoring style, right? You come alongside another student and y'all hold each other accountable uh, and, and, and y'all encourage one another in the faith or, or you have an upperclassman or a staff member that's pouring into you, uh, teaching you, that kind of thing. Um, I would love to see you guys uh, really get involved in that and, and say, hey, Matt, I've never had anyone really pour into me like that, but I would like that. That's something that I would like. Man, Calpha has avenues for that, uh, that that I'd love for you to take advantage of. And this is, Leland's going to come and share a little bit uh, now as well. If you guys don't know Leland, Leland's one of our upperclassmen, theater major, senior in theater. You're going to get to see him act. Um, But just, man, just a fantastic guy. Just a fantastic friend, man and guy. Man, I'm I'm so proud of this guy. I love this guy so much. Um, But yeah, he's going to share a little bit about his, his own testimony, man, what God's done in his life and what it's meant for him just being, being discipled. Appreciate that, Matt. Uh, I hope y'all enjoying the sermon so far because it's been pretty good, in my opinion. Um, thank you, Kenny. Some, some type of love. Uh, but, yeah, I've been here. I'm a senior, like Matt was saying, upperclassman. I've been here for um, about four years now, going on four years, since uh, first semester of my freshman year. And from the very jump, it's always been a welcoming place, and that's like a good start for a community. But also, like, when it comes to a body of Christ, what's really good is people that can hold you accountable and people that can disciple you. Because like Matt was saying, like, there's a lot of us, and there's a lot of us that haven't been to church, but there's a lot of us that have been to church. We have sat in the pews. We have, you know, sang hymns and different things of that sort, but we weren't discipled. We weren't poured into, like, individually or in um, life groups where you're checking in with different people and you're doing life with someone. And um, thankfully, I had the privilege of being able to do that these past four years. And that's like, that's been amazing. That's been amazing, honestly. Because beforehand, before I came to Kyle, 
You know what I'm saying? I didn't have it together. I still don't have it together. But I super didn't have it together back then. Um, just me kind of being vulnerable in a sense. Like, I did a lot of um, different kinds of drugs. And I was involved in a lot of different types of ideologies um, that obviously God does not agree with. You can read all up and down throughout the Bible. He not messing with the stuff that I was messing with. Um, and like from, from like getting into Chi Alpha, I met not just with, you know, Matt meeting with him one on one. There were different people that are not necessarily here anymore because they graduated and things. But I met with people who got to pour into me, who were, you know, student leaders, who got to, you know, talk with me and not just in a like formal sense where I'm sitting across the table doing this, that, and the third, like we, you know, go grocery shopping together. Or we on the game talking, or we meet up just to go get lunch type of thing. Like I've gotten to meet people that I know to this very day who I can call up in a moment where Hey, man, I messed up, dog. or, hey, bro, like, what should I do in this situation? And that's what, like, Kyle was really, like, it's amazing for it. There's so many different people you can look around down the road you own or behind you or whatever who welcome you, remind you who you are in Christ, a son or daughter of God, and that's something that's, like, important because sometimes, man, it's, we'd be forgetting that. We'd be forgetting who we are in God. We'd be forgetting the values and the fruit of the Holy Spirit and just the direction that he wants us to be on, and that's what Kyle like reminds us of the past, reminds us of the lights that we have that shouldn't be dimmed by you know, our own shortcomings or our own fears of spreading the gospel, being mission-driven, not just in other countries and different things, but man, in your own classroom, in your own friend group. I know there's different people that y'all might know. If you know, you got a heart for that, like, dang, you know, like, I want this person to go to church. I want this person to know God. That's where, like, Kyle really helps you understand, like, okay, so, let me strike up a conversation, forget about any social norms. Let me, it could be a little weird right now, but I can have a conversation and it can go somewhere. And um, yeah, like this full, full four years, hoping to graduate and be able to see, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the things that I've reaped, things that I've shown to reap from these four years. And I hope to see everyone else here, new faces and all, be able to do the same. Thanks, Leland. If you're a guy and you need a life group to plug into, Leland and Jalen's group meets tomorrow, 4.15, FedEx Cafe. We'll plug there. Uh, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. So, uh, man, thanks, thanks, Leland, for sharing. Uh, I, mean, I believe all, all of us can benefit from being, being discipled uh, and, and, and plugging into opportunities where people can invest in us, pour, pour into us, and, and we'd love for you to find, um, and find that here, find those connections here. Um, We, uh, man, when it comes to, 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 to equipping you to make disciples, to share your faith, man, Kalfa has some stuff coming up that you'll hear more about in future weeks. Uh, I think we mentioned the pizza and theology Friday after next is about evangelism. Evangelism just means sharing your faith, sharing Jesus with people, sharing the gospel with people. And again, I said a lot of people don't do that. Why? One is fear, but also they have no idea what to say, right? So we want to give you some tools in your toolbox where you say, hey, at least when I enter into a spiritual conversation, I've got some things I know to say. I've got some things that, that are helpful for me to lean on. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll discuss that over pizza uh, you know, Friday after next there, the pizza and theology. Uh, a little bit later in the semester, we'll start our discipleship class called Discipleship by Design, or just D-Class for short. Show of hands, how many people are already taking 
D class, and several of you have, yeah. The, the, the underclassmen, or you've not done D class yet, man, that, that, that's going to be coming up later in the year. Um, the discipleship class is all about, man, teaching you how to make disciples, how to share your faith, how to lead a small group, um, all these kind of things. Again, equipping you, giving you tools in the toolbox so that when God places you in these situations, man, you, you've got some tools, some resources, you, you know what to say in those situations. We want to be a help to you uh, in that way. Um, so we love Jesus, right? The mission, mission of Kyle is what? To reconcile students to Christ. All right, I said it. Now you're going to say it. The mission of Kyle is to reconcile students Yeah, so as you guys are on the campus, man, say, okay, I'm here. I'm Kyle, baby. I'm, I'm Christ's ambassador. I'm here to represent Jesus to people that don't know him. I'm here to reconcile people to God. Like Paul said, pleading with people, hey, man, you've got you to get it right with God. Yeah, man, you've got, to, you, you've got to know God. I've experienced so much joy and peace in the, in the Lord, and, and I hate to think that, that, you don't, that, that you don't have that. I mean, let, let's talk about that. Let, let, let's share about what Jesus has done. I mean, I want to challenge you to follow Jesus, uh, and I want to come alongside you and help you. Um, and so I want to challenge all of you guys, man, to be about being discipled and making disciples this school year. Um, if we bring Matthew 28 back up, I'm going to close with how Jesus closed uh, at the end of this command, it, Jesus didn't just give this command and been like, all right, y'all, y'all better go do this. Good luck. I'm out. Um, no, he ends, he ends very intentionally to say, I'm sending you to do this. Go and make disciples, but you're not going alone. No, you're not ever going to be alone. I'm going to be with you always, always to the very end of the age. So yes, go make disciples, but you're not going to make disciples by yourself. It's not just Jacob going to make disciples. Right? It's not just Ben going to make disciples. It's not just Sophie going to make disciples. It's Jesus in you, Jesus with you, right? And he's working with you and he's working in you. You don't ever go alone. Man, Jesus lives in us and through us by his Holy Spirit. And he says, I'm going to be with you for all of it, right? So you're in that situation saying, man, I really want to really share, share my faith with my roommate here. But I'm kind of nervous about that, man. Jesus is right there with you. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to leave you alone. Man, he's there through the power of his Holy Spirit, uh, and he's going to be with you how long? Forever. Forever. For always. Whatever your translation says, to the ends of the earth, to the end of the age, forever and always, uh, he's going to be with you. That's the promise he's given us. Man, we don't, we don't go alone. You don't go through this life in you and through you by his Holy Spirit, and he's going to be with you always.